0: Everybody to Bliss Fully Aware, the show in which three opinionated people discuss what's going on in fandom and nerd news in general. I am Bliss, and as always I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Kelty and Kendra. Hi. Hello everyone. You watch Steve come back and give his little blues clues message and cry I did.
1: <laughs> Oh, that's Steve, yeah. I- did. Yeah, I did. Okay, so in all honesty, I was too old to watch Blues Clues when it came out. Like, I wasn't like twelve or anything, but I I was, I was ahead of like preschool age. But I watched it anyway because my lesbian ass had a crush on Steve. So I, so I watched it when it, I was definitely getting way too old. But that's okay. Didn't really bother me. I then used my cousins as an excuse to watch it, so that was fine. But, yeah, it was really emotional for me. Because I was really, like, I had stopped watching it for a while by the time he had left. But I was sad when he left. So it was nice for him to be like, hey, I was still thinking about you. It was kind of like, ah, me too. I remember when he first left, and it was like early 2000s. So, before everyone was online, before, like, your mom and grandma were on the internet, there were a lot of rumors that, like, he had, like, died of a cocaine overdose Uh. or stuff like that, (laughs) and, like, it was hard to disprove because there weren't a million entertainment websites, like, reporting on the changes to the cast of a children's program, (laughs) so... I remember I remember hearing that a lot, and even then I knew it wasn't true, because I had heard the much cooler story that he had like left to play in a rock band or something. I think it was, like, Punk Electric. Was... Let's look it up. Let's look up Steve's band. I remember that the album was called Songs for Dust Mites, because I downloaded it off of LimeWire. Aww, that's cute. Mm-hmm. Steve from Blue's Clues' band. Nine-pound truck. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. Aww. He looks like Moby now. Yeah, he's totally bald now and looks looks a little bit like evil Moby. Yeah, he worked on the material for his first album, Songs for Dust Mites, for two and a half years at a small studio in his home in Brooklyn, after he left Blue's Clues. Okay. Adorable. That's really sweet. Let's see. Wikipedia classifies... The band
0: genre as
1: noise pop, indie rock, and alternative rock.
0: <laughs> Hot. I love when music is like classified as some version of noise.
1: Me too. Yes. He's also the only one whose name in Blue's Clues was his actual name.
0: Cool. Is Josh's name, not Josh.
1: Oh, maybe Josh's name is Josh. I don't know. I just never.
0: I just assumed all of their names were that.
1: No, Joe's name is, like, Ronald or something.
0: I'm looking. Do I have to go this far into the Blue's Clues <laughs> War? Steve Burns. Joe's name is Donovan.
1: Donovan. That's nothing like Ronalds. And, um... Joshua De La Cruz. Oh, so he it is, is Josh. A Josh.
0: Oh, it is his name. Yeah. Well, fuck Joe. <laughs>
1: yeah. Donovan was too hard for little kids, I guess. Maybe. Could have called him Don. Yeah, could have called him Don. Oh, I don't know. Now this is saying that his band name is Steve Burns and the Struggle. <laughs> I think it was kind of like a lot of bands kind of changed their name. And a couple then times. his second album was called Deep Sea Recovery Efforts. Same. I love you, Steve. Yeah. Okay. It seems he has a different band every or every album because the first one, "Song for Dustmites," Wikipedia just says it's by Steve Burns, and the second one, "Deep Sea Recovery Efforts." is credited to steve burns and the struggle and then the third album is by steven steven all caps one word <laughs> mm. like Same.
0: mother mother almost which is
1: classified as pop rock children's music and neo-psychedelica oh bless
0: fun <laughs>
1: with tracks titled The Likes of the Unicorn and Princess Rainbow. A fact is a gift you give your brain. Mm-hmm. Uh the lonely unicorn is never giving up exclamation points. Aww. The happy then sad then triumphant spider?
0: Same. <laughs> oh, Steve, you've been on such a journey. Mhm. Oh god. Um speaking of journeys actually, let's let's get into the not fun news. Oh. So update Ramelli king they are in fact still putting out books that may or may not be stolen they uh, released one at the very beginning of the month called camouflage opposites attract dark gay suspense uh, and it's book one and then they have
1: that's too many titles
0: yeah they have book two the story's yet to write, and opposites attract mature gay romance. Dirty in December. And that one is set to release on the 17th of September. So...
1: Well, that's just bad marketing. <laughs> <laughs> Missed a golden opportunity there, Romili. Uh,
0: I have gone ahead and screenshot the descriptions. I've thrown them up on the Twitter. You're more than welcome to get on Amazon Read the descriptions yourself if they sound familiar. Look into it. I'm sure that they did not write these stories themselves based off all evidence so far.
1: I mean, knowing plagiarists as I do, they're not usually a one and done sort of person. No. It's nice to get that much recognition and money for literally no effort. So why stop? Especially uh, concerning people who have basically no legal recourse. I mean, as discussed in the last video, they have some legal recourse. But, I don't know, I couldn't afford to hire a lawyer at a moment's notice over Mm. my fanfiction. So, (laughs) I imagine most other folks can't. And who knows if this person lives in the same country you do, and then what?
0: I don't know. I guess, I mean... Your best option is to have it pulled, and even then, Amazon is still gonna try and sell it wherever they can. So, just just keep looking out for each other, friends. It's the best I can offer at this moment. And then, no segue, because I don't have a segue for this. Let's talk about uh Cowboy Bebop. I love
1: Cowboy yeah? Bebop. I love Cowboy Bebop, yeah. I uh, We... Made waves, I guess, in a past episode by claiming that Samurai Shampoo is better than Cowboy Bebop. Which I agree that it <laughs> is. But Cowboy Bebop is is still phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That is not to say that Cowboy Bebop is not deserving of all of its legendary status. It's, yeah. it's the jammiest. Not pushing down Cowboy Bebop, but just raising it up. Samurai shampoo. Although there is there is this one hilarious moment in Cowboy Bebop that I saw upon a rewatch where a character simply holds their breath like they're jumping into a pool of water and then he checks themselves into the vacuum of space Same. and lives. So... Mood. You know. Yeah,
0: like you do, like you do. Mood.
1: But that that jazz soundtrack, though. Yeah. If my life were scored... With such rhythm and funk, I too might be able to breathe the vacuum of space.
0: <laughs> Were you guys excited for the Netflix show?
1: I could not be more excited. I wasn't excited, but then they like announced John Cho was going to be in it, and now I'm excited. The other two actors I don't know of. I've never seen them in anything, but... They look phenomenal. They look great, yeah. So that's also good to look forward to because, like, without dating myself, for, like, 15 years or more, there has been, like, rumors of a live-action adaption of Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. And I am old enough to remember a time where, way before Prestige TV, way before the Breaking Bads and the Games of Thrones and all that, if something <laughs> was getting adapted, it was getting a movie. And I can remember the rumors of a Cowboy Bebop movie adaptation starring Keanu Reeves as Spike. Oh. The the big name, because, you know, The Matrix. Yeah, I remember that too. And and The Matrix was like anime, so. (laughs) Yeah. Put Keanu Reeves in the other anime. Yeah, I, I remember that, yeah. So, not at all to discredit Keanu Reeves, who I think is a very good actor. Um. But I sure don't see him as a spike, especially in the year twenty twenty one. No. Although I do think he would have loved being included in Cowboy Bebop. He seems (laughs) That sounded really sad. (laughs) He seems like the kind of guy that he would have loved for someone to have called him. And remembered. No, and he I, just
0: wanted to be included. i like a just, grown man
1: with a career spanning like three decades. I just meant he seems like the kind of guy that really gets into all of his roles and is like yeah. super jazzed about it all. I didn't mean like he's disappointed now. <laughs>
0: I, mean, I wish you would have called him. <laughs>
1: I didn't mean it like that. He was
0: waiting by his phone for 15 years. <laughs> oh no. Is this about Cowboy Bebop? No. <laughs> then why are you wasting my time? Keep the line clear. <laughs>
1: because it's it's 2002 and we still have single phone lines. <laughs> I forgot we had call waiting. That's how old no, I am. No, but I mean that like literally when this was being considered, <laughs> that's fair. That when this was being rumored to occur, ah, that yes. was a legitimate problem that Keanu might have faced that's when true. screening calls to, to see if this, <laughs>
0: this casting option went through. <laughs> While sadly sitting by his phone. Aw, oh, baby Keanu. Well, unsurprisingly, it mm. seems, uh, huge swaths of the internet are not looking forward to. Netflix's Cowboy Bebop series for a multitude of reasons. Misogyny, mostly.
1: And racism. Mm.
0: Misogyny, racism, distinct lack of faith in Netflix being able to produce a good live-action adaptation of something.
1: That's fair. But
0: that's probably the least common complaint. Yeah. (laughs) It's mostly the racism and misogyny. I mean,
1: Netflix has thus far, I feel, had a pretty good track record with A lot of their original productions, it really matters, like, the creative team you have behind these things. Oh, sure. some of them really fucking suck, and I'm not going to pretend they don't. I don't know. I guess it's it's still quote-unquote weird to, like, old-timey Western television... Producers? Not producers, just the institution. Oh.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know that Netflix fumbled hard with Death Note, but... <laughs> oh my god, I forgot Death Note! Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're fucking right, th- huh?
1: Okay, I take back. I take it all back.
0: <laughs> well, I think there has been a learning curve of realizing, especially with these animes, that people are gonna take the shit seriously. Much like with Sonic, that there's a level of fan that will go to war for their... <sighs> Content for their original content, and if you fuck it up, people don't want to have another Avatar happen. They don't want yeah. Sonic to have muscular legs. They don't want the lions and the Lion King to not move their faces. Yeah. So I think people in general tend to approach live adaptations with trepidation, but after Netflix's big old fat fumble with Death Note, I think that is... A cause of worry for a lot of people?
1: For what it's worth, um, Wikipedia says Netflix just bought the film for, like, distribution. It, it appears that it had nothing to do with its production. I do, I, I like the American Death Note movie for one reason, and it's because it, after watching it, Kelty said the funniest thing she's ever said <sighs> in all of the many years I've known her. Thanks. <laughs> but it needs a little context. So, around and after the 2016 American presidential election, Kelty was living here in Canada uh, on a student visa. She did not have permanent residence yet. And that was stressful. Anyone who's gone through immigration stuff of any kind knows how stressful it is. But also going through some personal family issues regarding the general trajectory of America as a nation, politically. <laughs> yeah. All of this culminated, of course, with Donald, Donald Trump getting elected, uh, which, which was so bad to witness firsthand, that the next day, I took Kelty to the hospital to be put on a psychiatric watch. Yay. <laughs> Fast forward... <sighs> You get drunk one night and watch the Death Note movie. Who did we watch that with? It was was Bliss. bliss. Okay. It was Bliss. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Yeah, I was very drunk that night. I actually don't remember the last two-thirds of that movie. I don't remember any of it. Because I was very drunk. Because the movie was bad and I didn't want to watch it. (laughs) But upon the movie concluding and the credits rolling, Kelty, I remember, clear as day, sat up and in this very droll, monotone way that you've become so familiar with, said, yeah. I had more fun on election night. I did. And <laughs> she meant that shit. <laughs> and it is remains the yeah. funniest thing. The, the most devastating criticism of that film that I have ever heard. <laughs> basically. I cannot think of a more cutting... <laughs> remark to say of anyone's creative outputs <laughs> then I had more fun on election nights, specifically the American federal election of the year 2016 <laughs> after which
0: I was briefly hospitalized I do want to say uh, anytime I criticize this stupid, stupid <laughs> movie I do have to include the caveat that Willem Dafoe is just the most perfect casting for Ryuk. Yeah,
1: that's I'm I'm totally fine with that.
0: I cannot picture a better. Cuba I feel thing. like they could do
1: like if they ever remake this, but why would they? Mm. Um, they could do like a J.K. Simmons playing Jonah J. Jonah Jameson, yeah. where they just like cut and paste. <laughs> william defoe's ryuk and like put it in a better movie just don't even have to recast it or write new lines i forgot he was in that movie all i remember is lakeith stanfield was l because it was the only reason i wanted to see the movie in the first place
0: I remember being excited about Willem Defoe and I remember it ends with them at a oh, carnival. Oh shit! I don't remember, right. remember that at <laughs> yeah, all.
1: The last thing I like remember remember is them meeting at a cafe, and Lakeith Stanfield is doing the L thing where he like crouches on the chair. Was there a Ferris wheel that got? derailed yes. i remember a derailed ferris <laughs> yes. wheel I- that is i did not actually know that was a death note thing i just vaguely remember watching a movie recently that had a that had a derailed ferris wheel but now i've connected the two dots okay i this brings no bells <laughs> at all you two could be lying you two could be like playing an elaborate prank yeah. and i wouldn't know it I mean, I, I guess it's not that elaborate, but...
0: I mean, in fairness, she could be pranking me. Kelty, I am not good at lying. You have met me.
1: That's a fair point. Okay. Death Note is not good. Like, <laughs> the original, yeah, uh, actual manga Death Note. Blazing hot stupid. take. I never liked Death Note. <laughs>
0: yeah, same.
1: I didn't think it was good. I, I read it at its like peak hype. and It's not good. I'm sorry. Like... I liked the manga, and even liking the manga, I was like, this is a stupid manga. And I was I was 15, 16, so like, I was at the height of stupid manga. I liked Bleach at that time. But yeah, I read Death Note, and I was like, this has some flaws. But whatever. You
0: gave me so much sass the other night for liking Chad.
1: Okay, hang on. Hang oh, on. Chad
0: was a fucking Chad.
1: Hang That's on. Uh-huh. I don't, okay. Um, so, uh, they're, they're making a Joe Exotic miniseries, but like no. a fictional one, right? Mm. Like, like a fict, a fictitious oh. retelling of some of these events of the life and times of Joe Exotic. Okay. Uh, Nat Wolf, famous for his portrayal of Light Turner in the 2017 Death Note adaptation. God, they changed his last name to Turner. Because he's white, babe. He's going to play one of Joe Exotic's husbands in the <gasps> in the miniseries. Oops. Uh, the one, notably, that accidentally kills himself. Uh, oops.
0: Oh. Uh, for a second, I got real excited because I was hoping it was going to be the one that I know.
1: No. No. But my point into saying that, I, that Death Note was not good So, I knew from the get-go that Death Note was not good, but upon watching the American remake, I was like, okay, so Death Note was bad, but it wasn't this bad. Like, it at least had a plot. It didn't make sense, but it made sense in, like, an anime way. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you make Light a delinquent who's constantly spending all of his time in fucking detention, then obviously he's not going to be the last person anybody thinks is going to be a serial killer. I'm not saying that that's a rational jump, but I am saying that if you had the original Light Yagami and then Light Turner genius name change next to each other, they would guess Light Turner way sooner. I don't know, but does he eat potato chips? Like, an absolute... (laughs) Psycho. I, like, don't like, <laughs> I don't remember. Walking nutcase. Like I don't remember. Did he eat wish- potato chips bliss? I don't think so. I wish I could
0: remember. I think he ate a piece of cake. That is not the same. Unwatchable. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Netflix released its first stills so we can get a good feel for what the cast is gonna look like some glimpses at the costuming uh people were real mad (laughs) surprising no one (sighs) i don't know so uh, they were mostly mad about faye valentine's costume change right
1: i noticed that like
0: faye valentine in the Anime and manga. A very petite woman, large breasts, wears like latex booty shorts that are held up by suspenders, and like this, it's like a tankini sort of thing with this like, oh, hugely oversized red jacket. They changed her outfit to a more conventional yellow top and black shorts and jacket and They really
1: did not change it that much. They really didn't. Like, I'm looking at it right now, and Faye Valentine, the anime character, wears boots, stockings, yellow booty shorts, a yellow sleeveless top is the best way I can describe it. And yeah, a large red sweater. And... It is not that different than what the actress is wearing. Nope. It's not. she has boots, stockings, black shorts this time instead of yellow shorts, a weird yellow top with an oversized collar, and a red leather jacket instead of a red sweater. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what folks be mad about. I think folks be mad that anime proportions don't exist in real life. Mm -hmm. So she can't be like nine and a half feet tall with two meter long legs and also tits popping out all the time (laughs) which like Faye Valentine is like a parody of that sort of character like she very much uses her sexuality and sex appeal to like fool men and actually she hates men and I fucking love that about her Mm -hmm. but like and I get a lot of people are upset or I don't know if they are still upset. A lot of people, at least in the my day, were upset. That it's like, oh, you're trying to make a point about, like, over-sexualized anime girls, but you just made another over-sexualized anime girl. And, like, I don't think that argument holds a lot of water, but whatever. Like, people need something to be mad about. I don't know. I don't know what folks could be mad about. They're mad that they don't want to fuck her as much.
0: So, in response, the actress Daniela Pineda released a video explaining, you know, that the original outfit from the source material is unrealistic. That she would not have been able to perform stunts in that outfit, or even just move comfortably. And she didn't mince words. She said, you know, I'm not six feet tall. I don't have double D breasts. I'm not a size zero. And people were either tickled (laughs) or supremely pissed off.
1: Yes, it's a legitimate criticism. This no woman could wear this thing and like do stunts, do stunts.
0: <laughs> and that's a huge problem. Stunt women get injured way more often than stunt men because costuming for women is stupid and they can't wear padding and they have to wear heels and they'll fall and they don't have that protection. So the original costume is not practical, it's unrealistic, you wouldn't be able to move around in it, and it's just, it, it, would, it wouldn't look good, I'm sorry. I think the original costume design, the original outfit that her character wears, is ugly. I think it's ugly.
1: Oh yes, I, I do think it's hideous, and I, yes, I have thought that for a while. And actually, like, the way she wears original anime fey, wears the sweater, like, slouched off her shoulders and, like, tied in a knot at the front. I hated that so much. And in the movie, which is basically the, like, animated movie, which is basically, like, a long episode, Mm -hmm. um, she actually, for the first time ever, like, wears her sweater like a sweater Yes, And it made my fucking life. (laughs) Just to see. Because I know how fucking uncomfortable Mm -hmm. it would be to wear your sweater, like, only on your upper arms. Yeah. Like, not on your shoulders. Not on your lower arms. Just only on your upper arms. (laughs) And goddamn, when she just wore the sweater normally, I cried. Like, I was thrilled.
0: (laughs) And going through people's reactions, because I was looking for like a solid why they were upset about her costume. Like, give me a real reason. Not just, oh, well, it feels off, or, oh, well, it's not exactly the same.
1: I can't but masturbate to it n- uh-huh. anymore. I yeah. really,
0: I wanted to hear that, and I think the most ridiculous one I saw was, she's making it seem like Faye was drawn so exaggerated and unrealistical. And I'm just like, bitch, what anime did you watch? <laughs> unrealistical? That is what they typed. I
1: mean, she was. She was. It was yeah, it was on purpose. They didn't make a mistake and draw her nine feet tall with huge tits accidentally. I mean and I'm saying this as a a lesbian that very much um enjoys the male gaze mm. in a very like guilty way. I very much liked Faye Valentine, and yes, I agree that her uniform or her outfit was ugly but it showed off her figure and that was good for me but um yeah she was not drawn realistically at all and the uniform in the in the live action show is also hot and if you can't masturbate to that i don't know talk to a doctor <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the thing I don't get. She's, like, still an absolutely gorgeous drop-dead actress (laughs) playing an obvious femme fatale character. And, yeah, I mean, the thing about animation is that you can always draw the clothing to cover whatever you want. Uh It doesn't have to move like a real article of clothing, like a real garment you have to wear.
0: So Andre uh, Nemec, the person who developed the Netflix series... The more I say Netflix, the less it sounds like a word. Um, Did an interview with Polygon. And he ended up talking about the costuming choices. And I'm going to read just a little bit from that interview. It's actually a really good interview. He sounds like they're taking it very seriously. Like they know that they're handling something sacred to a lot of people. So there's that. Um, But so... He says the Cowboy Bebop production team took extreme measures to develop the perfect practical costumes. Nemex says nearly 20 different cuts of Spike's suit were produced with variations of his shirt, shirt collar and tie, all with varying lengths and widths until they nailed down a practical version of his cartoon look. We probably went through 50 different blues to find the the blue of that suit that was the right fabric, the showrunner says, and we did that with every single character. We figured out Jet's costume and what was going to feel right on Mustafa to figure out how that arm would work. We did that with Daniela, put her in dozens of different designs, tweaked them a dozen different times until we landed on the one that felt like it was telling the story of that character in the best way possible for us. So, yeah, I think they're going more along the lines of, uh, if you look at DC and Marvel movies, DC costuming choices go very irreverent to the comic costuming, like very Mm -hmm. nail on the head. And Marvel goes sort of more interpretive in the idea of like, what is practical and modern. How can we take a red, white and blue spandex suit and make it fit in our current world? I think they're going more Mm -hmm. that way with these costumes. And that makes more sense with like spikes outfit, Yeah, it's a suit. It's a weird-looking suit, but Faye can't run around in booty shorts held up by suspenders and do all the crazy, jazzy jumps and whatnots and what-have-yous.
1: I mean, can I just say, it kind of sounds like I remember when the Harry Potter movies were coming out, and the fourth Harry Potter movie came out, and Emma Watson wore a pink dress, and in the book, it's a periwinkle blue dress. And I remember I had friends who would not shut up about this change. At one point, I was finally like, it's just the dress in, like, one scene. I don't really see how this matters. And then she said that I wasn't a real fan of Harry Potter. (laughs) And that's just kind of how this feels, where I'm just like, I don't really understand why we're this mad. It's just a costume. Like, the theme of the show is still intact, Regardless of the costume. Yeah, like, it's not, like, what Faye wears, like, says something about her character, but, like, those specific garments don't have, like, importance or a history, or they're not, like, you're not losing something hugely thematic or important about her character. It's not, it's, it, it's just the stuff she wears. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, like, Something that is critical to her character or her narrative that is being lost, but of course that's not what these people care about. The people who are complaining about this are mad that their anime about existential ennui and space and jazz music is slightly less horny. Yeah, which again, I don't agree. I think that it's just as horny, but you're just you're just too mad that the shorts aren't yellow. I guess. Cause they're still short. She's not. She's no, not, she's not got pants on. Yeah, she's not wearing. A <laughs> God, could you imagine? <laughs> like <laughs> they'd be rioting in the streets. <laughs> I just. It kind of is like if if they had shown an image of Ed, and Ed was wearing like a green shirt instead of a white shirt, and then we all got really mad about it, and like why? I don't really get it. You guys can stay mad if you want. I'm gonna have fun. I'm here to watch John Cho be hot. I have had a crush on Spike Spiegel since I was a child. I am here for it. I don't care. I've also had a crush on Faye Valentine since I was a child. And she's still hot! Danielle is yeah, gorgeous. <laughs> absolutely good for the actress. Like, I'm so happy that she just got on whatever it was. Instagram Live, TikTok, they're all the same. And told everyone to fuck off and play.
0: Good for her. (laughs) That's
1: a fucking Faye Valentine move if I've ever seen one. Thank you
0: very much. I mean, be mad about it, neckbeards.
1: Basically. I mean, the sad thing is, is that if these people watched Cowboy Bebop, like, I'm even going, I'm going to give them some leeway and say that they saw it for the first time as it aired in America. They're in their mid-30s and 40s now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're too old to be complaining about the hot anime lady Wearing slightly more clothes, mm-hmm. it's fucking pathetic. Get over yourself. <laughs> just maybe, maybe try talking to a woman that isn't printed on a pillow, or don't try talking to a woman. Leave them alone. <laughs> well, don't offer your opinions on their clothing or their bodies. No, definitely <laughs> for any don't reason. do that part. It just is a little weird and sad. And I feel like maybe you should you should talk to a licensed professional. Like is that. Was that what you loved most about Cowboy Bebop? Yeah. Like, this phenomenal, groundbreaking show (laughs) that, like, it broke barriers in Japan, in, like, Japanese anime. And then also was, like, instrumental in the mid-90s, the kind of mid-90s wave of, like, Americans realizing that anime could be for Mm grown-ups. And really breaking through in America... And being this like cause you know, anime, a lot of anime is action and the pew-pews and the 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 robots and the mm. the Yeah, and Cowboy Bebop a lot of the time is just like very quiet and pensive and contemplative. The actors, the voice actors really carry it, the the animation really carries it. And there's a lot of humor and there's a lot of like weighty themes, and there's a lot of it is implicit, like it's not exposition dumped on you a lot of the time it's really like background details and it's kind of one-off lines that you may or may not catch and this wonderful series with all these different competing themes and character arcs and wackiness and your favorite bit the bit that you're most mad about is that the actress playing faye valentine has slightly more clothes on and that's just ruined the fucking experience for you. And that, my guy, is fucking pathetic. You're not a real fan, there I <laughs> said like, it. If your favorite part of Cowboy Bebop was Faye Valentine's titties, and you can't see them as much as you want to anymore in the live-action adaptation, you are not a real fan, says me. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And Spike would be disappointed in you. I mean, Faye would be disappointed in you. Well... I think that makes them horny. Mm. So. Oh, John Cho, I'm so happy that you're going to be in a thing. Love I you, love John, John Cho. Cho.
0: I'm excited, nervous, but excited. Because it sounds like they know what they're making, like what they're holding in their hands. It's a bomb. It can go off.
1: It looks great. It looks really good. I'm nervous, but that's just because I'm still upset about Game of Thrones. Like, I saw the first stills from the Death Note movie, not even caring about Death Note, and I was like, that looks bad. That looks like, like it's gonna be bad. That looks yeah. real bad. But this does not look bad so far. So, that's I super I am super excited to see the first footage, the f- first trailer, really excited for them to tease Ed mm-hmm. showing up either in this season or the next.
0: Yeah, that's going to be exciting. I guess they're just going
1: to do the whole series then in like a like a short little mini series.
0: Well, so I know they have um a bunch of episodes and then also a movie set.
1: Oh. Oh, kind of like the anime. Okay.
0: So yeah, fingers crossed uh, looking forward to an eventual trailer coming out. And if you disagree about Faye Valentine's costume and you have a legitimate reason, like an actual reason that isn't just it feels off, or if you actually just want to own up and say that you want to see her titties, let me know. I'd love to hear an actual reason that isn't just meh.
1: <laughs> I have a big question. Are they going to use Yoko Kano's original soundtrack or are they going to have new music? Oh. Cuz that could be a make or break for me. That could be a make or break. For I me too. hope they like, have the original
0: music. Could you imagine? The
1: thing is is like I guess you could rescore it, but like if you just do regular like stock TV show background music, that will be tragic. Yeah. Like if you want I guess to pay a composer to completely rescore this whole thing top to bottom, that would be that would be fucking amazing, but I don't know if America cares enough. If they, like, incorporate some of the old soundtrack and have some new music, that could also be interesting, but I haven't actually heard anything.
0: They have them listed as the composer on the wiki.
1: Okay! Okay, good. That's... that's hopeful.
0: Fingers crossed.
1: Because first. Cowboy Bebop's like forty-five percent its soundtrack.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Maybe even a little more. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's it's important. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Agreed. I'll be interested to see if, if Yoko Kano does anything new for this, or if it's just her her old soundtrack. Either is fine
0: with me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, do you guys want to talk about Book of the Month Club real quick? So Book of the Month Club is They call themselves The Original Book Club. Uh, You get to choose Mm. one of five books each month. You buy it, they deliver it. It's like being part of a book club. One of the options for this month's book was a little book by the name of The Love Hypothesis. Turns out, a bunch of people bought it. A bunch of aunties specifically bought it and found out that it was originally a Raylo fanfic.
1: I gotta say, I'm looking at the cover of this book right now, and if you didn't know that it was a RayLo fanfiction by looking at the cover of this book, you're you're fucking moron. You're you're stupid. See a doctor. (laughs) Something's wrong. Again I don't even ship Raylo. I don't even really like Star Wars. Yeah. But I am I am fascinated that this most innocuous milk toast vanilla of ships has managed to infuriate so many people. Uh-huh. Like four years. Yep. For <laughs> like seven or eight years now. It's Stupid. <laughs> like, I don't have a horse in this what? race. What compels you? What makes you so mad about this one ship, guys? Like, I gotta know. <laughs> I don't cause like if I liked Star Wars, I would probably ship Raylo, but like in a really like off-handed way, like if I shipped male female characters ever. <laughs> I don't know. I'd ship it, but I would never read fic of it because it just seems really boring. Because it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's for straight girls! It's for straight girls, and that's fine. Straight girls gotta have something. Yep. Well, and like, it, it's, it's fine, but like, it is, it is like base level interesting to me. Like, enemies to lovers, like level one. Like and so I'm just kinda like You're saving the broken bad boy with yeah. the power of your love. Like that's I get that. What what girl doesn't but I like sighs about such a such a power And and Adam Driver is hot to me. He um, is weird looking, but I I do find him attractive. Weird looking is the only kind of man I'm ever attracted to, so I just I find it strange. That this is, this is so basic. Like, this is, this is pumpkin spice levels of basic. (laughs) And people are so angry. Furious. They're still furious. And I don't, people, like, I don't remember this fucking author's name and, you know, who cares. But I know that there's someone who, like, a, a specific author who, like, writes for like the Star Wars extended universe like writes like you know Star Wars novels and things who like gets in fights on Twitter with Reylo's because she thinks Kylo Ren is a fascist and a neo-Nazi But like <laughs> and like lady that's embarrassing real. for you <laughs> he's not real honey it's you okay write for the actual Star Wars like get a grip like this is like the height of of like Everything wrong with the world to to Antis. Like, people think that Raylo is, like, the second coming of Hitler. <laughs> and I just. I mean, to hear them talk about it, like. Exactly. Well, they what are I mean. so mad for so long. And, like, has <laughs> somebody who ships, like, Thramsey, like.
0: Theon and Ramsey from Game of Thrones.
1: A, a man who literally strips the personhood from another character, and I'm like, yeah, that's hot, give me that. (laughs) But, like, the weird thing is, aunties don't bother with ships like that. I think what that has to do with is that, like, truly, like, potentially disturbing ships, let's say. Like, an actual abuser and their victim, or etc., etc., I think that like aunties and people who bring their hands over like someone's fandom activities and their their ships, like consider those people like too far gone. You know, like they're just they're just the deviants who revel in their sin. Like, I mean, yeah, I they're, like guess. yeah, like demon orgies in hell or whatever. But like the Raylos, they could still save because it's basic enough to appeal to like <laughs> the kind-hearted, virtuous Christian girls. You know, I guess, and they're like, "No, like you, you, you think that you want Raylo, but it is a sin, my child. Like, I mean, let me show you to the non problematic ships, but uh, let me show you the way. But let me evangelize you into my shipping church. But like, I, that's what I. That's what I assume. Like that's that's my best guess. But like there are killing stalking aunties but not as many so like sometimes i don't know i gu- i guess it's just it's so strange to me because like there's really no way to explain aunties i guess because it's either people who think that raylo is like a sign of a hol- of another holocaust like genuine like legitimate terrorism apologism yeah. <laughs> terrorism apologism that's a good band name <laughs> Call Steve. <laughs> 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 you got your new Math Rock concept album on the in the puppet, Steve. So it's either like Raylo is the worst conceivable thing that these people can do. Or they bother to read stuff like Killing Stalking. And are like, how can people Understand it? And enjoy. question mark <laughs> yeah. I guess. Like, so can I just I, I have a oh, sorry. I, no, go ahead. I, are you? No, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Like, I'm gonna say this a lot. Whenever if we ever do an episode specifically about like romantic horror or erotic horror or any of those genres that are so sadly misunderstood, mm. but killing stalking like the you brought it up a couple episodes ago, Bliss. But like the killing stalking video. Like, made mm. the rounds, like, killing stocking's not a romance, and if you think it's a romance, then you're problematic. And, like, killing stocking and the main relationship between the two characters, which are, to be clear, a serial killer, <laughs> like, a misogynistic serial killer who kidnaps the other character and holds him captive and eventually, like, molds him into his replacement mommy, who he also fucks. That is, like, a bad relationship, yes, uh, but a lot of people really fixate on the idea that it's not romantic. Like, mm-hmm. they don't actually love each other. This is abuse. And, like, to me, the point of this series, and, you know, depictions of relationships like it in romance horror or erotic horror, is the fact that these two characters actually do love each other. Uh And that is worse, man! That is is where the horror comes from! The horror is a result of the fact that these two characters are so isolated and consumed with one another, and deeply, deeply in love, that They are excusing the terrible, terrible, terrible things that one another are doing. And, like, I don't know. You can love something that's bad for you. Love (laughs) is a neutral emotion. Love is a neutral emotion. You can love something that is bad for you. You can love something that harms you. You can love something that abuses you. Mm -hmm. You can abuse something that you love. Mm -hmm. You can harm something that you love. And the real horror of killing stalking to me was that these two characters were in love and that was worse yeah. than if they yeah. weren't yeah. that was more horrific than if they weren't that was the source of the horror in the story to me yes but yeah there there is this preoccupation with drawing a line in the sand and being like this is abusive and bad And this is non-abusive and romantic, and everything fits neatly into one camp. Mm -hmm. And the point of truly messy, which is a loaded word now, relationships, um, both in real life and in fiction, is that uh, they do not always fit into one camp or Mm -hmm. another, and... Often, that is where drama comes from in a story. (laughs) That is where you find some tension and (laughs) conflict. So, sucks to be you, dumbasses who bought a (laughs) Raylo (laughs) fan. But that's hysterical, and I'm glad you're upset. I mean, you deserve it! You saw this cover, he has the same moles! (laughs) <laughs> he looks just like Adam Driver! His name is Adam. What? His no. name is Adam in the book. No! Yeah, look. It's, uh, Adam Carlson. <laughs> yeah. Also, just shout out to the author Allie Hazelwood. Uh, you go girl. Yeah. So Good for you. This was I actually so glad that you got to laugh all the way to the bank. This was actually published by a publishing company. This wasn't self-published. So, uh... Man! Good on you! Wow! I'm actually... I think I'm probably going to buy it just to, like, support her, and also... Because it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that is fucking hysterical. Honestly, this doesn't really seem like my type of thing, but, like, why not support a... Yeah, we have one of those little, like, uh, like, take-a-book, leave-a-book libraries near our building. Yeah! So we could buy it and then would... just shove it in there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I bet somebody would love that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally! But look, see, he's got his little mole. He's even got his big weird head. <laughs> I love his chunky nose. I'm into <laughs> it, man. He's just got a big head. <laughs> I love his weird fucking face. I love Adam Driver's face. Anyway, that's not that's not super important. But like you you should have known. You should have known, looking at the cover, reading the synopsis, that is your own fault.
0: I'm just So I'm loving this like play out watching people freak out about it. Like this one person. Just found out the book I got this month on Book of the Month is Raylo fanfiction. I literally feel like screaming and throwing up.
1: Yeah, I saw that one. My favorite comment is this one. The love hypothesis being repurposed Raylo fic, period. Very disgusting to me. I really can't wait for the day the world is rid of that sickness. That reads <laughs> like a Trump <laughs> dirty. a fucking pen... <laughs> How about how about pray for the end of COVID before <laughs> you pray for the end of Raylo? We're in a fucking pandemic right now, and that's the sickness you're upset about? That's the sickness that they're trying that they're they're counting the hours until human- A heterosexual is of. white couple in space? Yep. Ugh. Oh my lord. Well. But yeah, this one. The love hypothesis cover is so cute that I found out it was Raylo fanfic.
0: You need to get your
1: eyes checked. It's Raylo fan art,
0: basically, babes. (laughs) It is! Um, but yeah, did we. Did we talk about the thing, y'all? Nerds Big Mad. I think we talked about the thing.
1: Nerds Big Mad. I mean, this was
0: a nice, normal
1: thing to be upset about. Like, anime fans are being misogynistic. That's. (laughs) No one got. Stop the presses. No one got called a child predator. No one got doxxed.
0: Yeah. No one got outed
1: to their conservative Iraqi family.
0: No. Uh, then do y'all have a happy?
1: I actually watched, um, I watched a-, a documentary on QAnon called Q into the storm. It was on HBO. Cause I am fucking fascinated by QAnon and conspiracy theories and cults in general, but particularly QAnon and how it has had an indelible mark on human history these past two years now, particularly. And it's not really um, concerned with like what Q believes because it's nonsense, but more about uncovering who Q is and the, the rather small circle of people who propagated this conspiracy theory and likely are the source of the conspiracy theory um, who are fucking wacky. Mm-hmm. Like, I would cross the street to avoid John Watkins. Yep. That dude is not okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was interesting. The filmmaker followed around basically the guys uh, who run 8chan, which is now 8 Coon, And, yeah, doesn't really talk to people who, like, believe in Q or doesn't really delve into, like, the what Q believes. is really more tracking it as a phenomenon and trying to basically get some hard evidence about who, who Q could possibly be. And while he doesn't get, like, a smoking gun, it's pretty fucking obvious that it's John uh, Watkins and uh, Ron Watkins. Uh, especially because Ron Watkins can't keep his fucking mouth shut while uh-huh. on camera. It's a little embarrassing. Yeah, he's just like I don't know who's
0: cute. Yo, no se Um, I went and saw Shang Chi. That was fun. Was it good? It was real good. Oh, Simu Liu, I love him. He was so good. good. He was so good. He and Aquafina acted so well together, and the effects were great. I will give a big old fat warning for anybody who has light sensitivities. The final battle has a lot of flashing lights. Uh, I wish that was something they warned you about, but take that up with fucking any
1: MPAA, I guess.
0: Uh, um It wasn't as bad as the Amazing Spider Man 2. Yeah, though. that
1: was bad. Remember that? I scene? had to like cover your face. That was rough.
0: Yeah, and I still got a migraine from that. I have some photosensitivity. But yeah, no, uh just that is my warning. Spoiler free, movie good. Uh-huh. Go watch a big, 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 big. What's the word I'm looking for? Box office breakout. Yay. What were they saying? It was best Labor Day weekend performance ever breaking Halloween's 2007 record. So nice.
1: Over 10 years. I'm happy. I'm happy that Simu Liu is getting that Disney money. Me too. I love him so much. Everybody watch Kim's Convenience. It's on American Netflix. It's on Canadian Netflix. I don't know about the other Netflixes, but but find it. It's very good. And He's so cute in it.
0: I think that'll do us. Um, thank you for joining us, as always. If you'd like to find us online, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BlissfullyShow. I post links to our YouTube there. If you're watching us on YouTube, hi, hello. Give us a like, a comment, a subscribe. Let us know if you're excited for Cowboy Bebop.
1: I dare you to critique anything that is not Faye's costume. Ooh. Yeah. Give present me one <laughs> criticism that you derive from those stills that has nothing to do with what Faye Valentine is wearing.
0: Yeah. There you go. And then, yeah. (laughs) Until next time. Bye.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: I know that Mr. Salt is more important, but come on. Mr.
1: Salt is more important title of my sex tape.